son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Everly starts with a rush down the right wing, a shot off the pads of Bachman, the rebound Lucic, Fed Nugent up against backdoor, and a hat trick for Jordan Everly, the second of his NHL career, and Edmonton's pouring it on here at Rogers. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Here we go. Eastern Conference second round now underway in the NHL. We have the Rangers and the Senators still looking for the opening goal. They're just into the second period. Penguins and Capitals scoreless about 11 minutes into the first period. We'll keep you updated on both those games throughout the evening. We'll also keep an eye on the Toronto Raptors playoff game and the Toronto Blue Jays after losing this afternoon in 11 innings, 8-4 to St. Louis, going uh, back at it tonight, doubleheader against the Cardinals because they were rained out uh, yesterday. All right. Going to start the show with some positive energy from the text line. I hope Eileen Bell is still here. This person says, you know, I have to say, Eileen Bell has the clearest and best-sounding news voice on the radio. I'm a trucker, so I hear lots of different voices reading the news, and she is great. Well, much appreciated. Eileen Bell is great. She's a joy to work with. Thanks for sending that in to 630-630. You can also call 780-496-0063. My name is Reed Wilkins, by the way. Great to meet you. It is Inside Sports on 630. Ched, our next Oilers broadcast is tomorrow. We'll start with the face-off show at 6, and the game against the Anaheim Ducks will start 830. Of course, the Oilers are up one nothing in the best of seven. And Kleppbaum forced that puck free along the boards. It's Maroon with a one-touch ahead to Leon Dreisaitl. He'll gain the line. Right circle, dishes back. Open Larson, a shot, score! 3-1, Edmonton. Adam Larson barreling down the slot, and he buries it against John Gibson. He'll skate with it and then kick it back to Adam Larson, who scored to make it 3-1. And that lead disappeared in what seemed to be a blink of an eye. Larson hooked it in front and in the net, Adam Larson's got a two-goal game, and Edmonton's regained the lead 4-3 to three in shocking fashion. Larson just curled it in front, and Gibson lost it in his feet. You don't just win on one superstar's back. Um, you know, you can go back and talk about how Chicago did it, or um, Pittsburgh, or... Los Angeles those years, it wasn't just done on Taves, Kopitar, and Crosby's back. It was deep. It was timely. And um, Latestu's done it for us on the power play all year. He's, he's very nifty and crafty and, um, you know, finds pucks. And to have Lars score too, we, we've found different heroes so far in the playoffs on, on any given night. And, and that's the way it's done. When you run out of heroes, you usually are out. 
Love that. When you run out of heroes, you usually are out. That's head coach Todd McClellan after last night's dramatic and uh, surprisingly wild win over the Anaheim Ducks. 1-1 after two periods. The shots were also even. The teams explode there halfway through the third period. It was four goals in four minutes and 24 seconds. The Oilers able to settle it down. And then Larson, of all people, making a play and that's something we've talked about this season one of the themes for the Edmonton Oilers has been their composure their resilient team they don't get rattled bad things are going to happen the other team's going to score how do you deal with it well they dealt with allowing two goals in less than a minute 30 and then they're able to settle the game down and then you know and that's another thing it's decided in the third period can you cut down on your mistakes and can you make a play and Adam Larson makes a play a, a rare offensive play for Larson never before in his NHL career had he even scored goals in back-to-back games he gets goals in the same period last night and an aggressive take to the net he skated the puck all the way from his own goal line all the way down to in behind the other net centering it yeah he got a bounce for sure you need those in the playoffs he was putting the puck into a dangerous area of the ice turned out to be a game winner for the Edmonton Oilers Latestu scored twice as well both on the power play we'll have a little feature on that later on on inside sports and of course Leon Dreisaitl huge game for him getting the goal into the empty net. Uh, it got me thinking, and you can read the full uh, little blog I wrote on 630Ched.com on the Oilers page. Unlikely game-winning goal scorers in the history of the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, going back all the way to uh, the year of their first Stanley Cup victory. Obviously, most of these are from that uh, period in time when the Oilers were going deep into the playoffs almost every year. One that uh, I always remember, Mark Lamb. Game two of the 1990 series against the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg won the first game at Northlands Coliseum and then they uh, took game two to overtime and it looked like the Oilers were in trouble and Mark Lamb got a big overtime goal And the Oilers needed that one because then they lost games three and four in Winnipeg, but came back to win the series in seven, rallying from a 3-1 deficit. And, of course, they went on to win the Stanley Cup. So that's Mark Lamb is one of the guys on the list. You can check it out on uh, 630Ched.com. All right, so a lot of talk going into the series, and then certainly Rob and I talking with you guys after the game about the chippiness, about the way the Ducks play, about the... uh, Little extra shots, the cross checks, the slashes, the after the whistle festivities, and obviously what's being done to Connor McDavid. He's he's going to have the target on him his entire NHL career, and he's in the playoffs. You're going to play teams that are better defensively and that have the the players to shut down or to limit the good offensive players. Now McDavid got a point last night. He drew two penalties. Um. Is he hurt? I mean, I know there was... Uh, now, you got to remember, Rob and I aren't watching the intermissions because we're on air ourselves. I know people were t- texting in and calling us about uh, a video pack that the the Sportsnet panel did during the intermission about McDavid maybe, you know, favoring his ribs or a hip. I, I mean, look, if it were that, that bad, he wouldn't be playing. If there is something wrong, certainly we're not going to be told about it. I do think you also have to give first San Jose, led by Mark Edward Vlasic, and now Anaheim, led by Ryan Kessler, credit. I mean, that is 
a big reason why they are in the NHL. We talk a lot about guys being excellent at one or two things in order to keep playing in the NHL. Well, that's what Ryan Kessler does well. He limits what offensive players can do. He can play with a little bit of nastiness. He can, quite frankly, be cheap. That's why most of you hate him. (laughs) And that's why he's assigned to Connor McDavid for this series. Could there be more penalty calls? Sure, there could. But but I think at this time of year, you know, the referees, and I know you're not going to like hearing this because I, 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 and I understand what many of you are going to say. A penalty should be a penalty all the time, no matter what. But I think we know it's not that simple, especially in hockey where men hold sticks and play with a lot of motion and are battling for every single inch on the ice and for every little second of puck possession. And I I think referees have to look at the game early and say, okay, how much is going on? Because if they called absolutely every slash and every bump and every cross-check, they would be blowing the whistle constantly. And then probably people would be complaining about that. Todd McClellan, though, was asked today uh, about the officiating. Does he try to do any lobbying to get them to pay attention to some of the things happening to McDavid? I don't own a black-and-white striped suit, so I don't get to ref. Um, I have to coach back there, and you take what you get. And uh, they're doing everybody that's involved in the game right now, the final eight to the final four to the final two, um, it gets weeded out. The the best stay involved, and that includes the officials. They're doing uh, as good a job as they possibly can, and um, sometimes they see things, sometimes they don't. It's It's a tough job. I think that's the smart answer from McClellan because I don't think it's a great idea unless it gets really bad. And you won game one, and you scored two power play goals, and you had more power play opportunities than the other team. I mean, it's not as if the Oilers never got a power play. It's not as if stuff the Ducks did was totally ignored. So I think McClellan is playing it smart there. Why get into some kind of public bashing? A, you run the risk of getting fined. And I don't think he wants that. But why run the risk of antagonizing the officials through the media or, quite frankly, letting the Ducks know that they're under your skin? You come out and say, well, Ryan Kessler's doing this, or Getzlaff did this. If I'm playing for the Anaheim Ducks, I'm like, this is great. This is great. They're they're more worried about what I'm doing than, than they are about trying to score in our goalie. So I think McClellan, keep it calm, keep it composed. McDavid knows he has to deal with it, and you have other guys on the team who can score goals and who can be dangerous, and Dreisaitl led the way last night. Here's uh, Zach Cassian on a chippy start to the series. Yeah, there's, uh, it was chippy, but uh, it's a different kind of chippy compared to the San Jose series. But uh, if you get two teams um, playing the same division all season long, meeting the playoffs, uh, I can only imagine it's only going to get chippier as the, as the series goes on, but uh, we just need to keep our discipline. I thought we did a good job of that. How tough is it to toe the line and, and not cross it in a scenario like that where they want you to engage with them like that? Oh, well, this time of year, it's team first. You don't take yourself uh, out of the picture. Um, you really have to think about the team. And uh, If we're on our game, um, things might happen, but uh, the majority uh, we can control. We just need to stay out of scrums, um, play whistle the whistle, um, play hard. I think we did that last game. We're going to need to continue that because their power play is a good power play. All right, a little bit from Zach Cassian. 
Eastern Conference games underway. Both are scoreless. Pens and Caps, Rangers and Senators will keep you updated throughout the evening. Here's what we're going to do right now, Kellen. Open up those phone lines, baby. 780-496-0063. We're giving away two tickets to the sold-out Edmonton Oilers Orange Crush Road Game Watch Party. Woohoo! Tomorrow night at Rogers Place. You will have to answer a trivia question live on air. So if you're shy about speaking in public... Don't worry, it's just over the phone and it's on the radio. Dun, dun, dun. 780-496-0063. We'll get to some more comments uh, McClellan and company made after practice today inside Sports on Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. By the way, from the Ducks practice today. Kevin Bieksa on defense. Doubtful for the game tomorrow. Corbinian Holzer, the most likely candidate to draw in in Bieksa's place. Sami Vatanen saying he is pretty close to playing, but that's all we're getting out of him. But Bieksa shaken up in the first period, came back for a bit, then left again. He only played just over seven minutes. So he is doubtful for tomorrow's game. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. You can text 630-630-780-496-0063 is the phone number. That's where we're going to go now because we have two tickets to the Orange Crush watch party at Rogers Place tomorrow. You're going to have to answer a trivia question. And the first contestant just dropped off. All right, I guess that means Scott is up first. Scott, how are you doing? Not bad, Reed. How's your week treating you? It's been going quite well. Have you been to Rogers Place yet, buddy? The only time I've been to Rogers is when I took my dad to the grand opening where they gave everyone a tour. haven't been there since. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, it's a nice facility. We're giving you a chance to win tickets to the watch party so you can watch game two tomorrow on that big jumbotron and check out the building a little bit. Sound good? Um, I'm hoping so, but trivia is my, my worst enemy. Okay. Well, I think you'll get this one. And if you've ever listened to the show, you know, sometimes I'm a bit of a jerk with the trivia questions. But let's try this one, okay? Go ahead. This past regular season, who led the Edmonton Oilers in penalty minutes? Oh, shoot. Uh, Zach Cassian. Absolutely, Scott. Right he had, on. He had 101, edging out Patrick Maroon by six minutes, who had yeah, 95. That would be my second guess. Yeah, so, good stuff. There you go. Okay, stay on the line. Kellen's going to take down your info and enjoy it tomorrow. How are you liking the playoffs so far, man? You know, it's an exciting time. My, my dad's just going crazy because he hasn't seen this atmosphere in Edmonton for the last 10 years. You know, it's, it's been crazy. Can I ask how old your dad is? Do you mind? Uh, he's 54. Okay, so he was uh, like late 20s, 30-ish when they were winning the Cups before then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And did you exist? I'm sorry? Did you exist yourself during that time? Yeah, well, I was born in 82. Okay, so you remember some of it. That's pretty cool. I guess you could say I was kind of born at the start of the glory days, yeah. Right on, Scott. Stay on the line, and thank you for calling. Awesome, man. Thanks. Love the show. Right on. Appreciate it. That's Scott getting the uh, watch party tickets for tomorrow. That is sold out. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. They're filling the building. Now, I think I don't, I don't think they're... I don't think it's quite the same capacity as for a game because I don't think they sell the seats that are really, really low down because you wouldn't be able to see the scoreboard. But still, I mean, close to 18,000 fans going in there to watch a road game on television. Pretty cool. Love it. Love this time of year. Oilers up one nothing in the series. Text here to 630-630. Uh, hey, Reed, the problem 
isn't what's not being called. It's the inconsistency of the calls by these refs. Okay, this is funny. <laughs> First of all, this I know what this person means on the text line. The, the their phone auto corrected refs to raps, but I'm W A R P S, but I'm assuming they mean refs. Uh, <laughs> it's the inconsistency of the calls by the refs. As an example, the call last night when Drysdale got the only penalty on that scrum in the front of the net was ridiculous. Well, I'll agree with you there. That was a bunch of slashing going back and forth, and then. Uh, <laughs> Drysaddle gets in a late slash on Getzlaff, and he's singled out because Lucic and Getzlaff were kind of going back and forth, and I thought maybe it would be even up. But that, I mean, that's one tool though the refs are going to use, and and I'm not I'm not saying the refs are 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 perfect, but I, I try not to make it a let's dump on the zebras type situation. But I, I I think that they have to take the temperature of the game, and I think they knew what it was potentially going to be like going into that game in the series. And look, guys, however long you've been watching hockey, you know that's a tool refs use to try to calm things down. All right, there's a strum in front of the net. There's six guys involved. I'm going to pick one guy and put one team shorthanded. And whichever team it's called on is going to be unhappy. But that's a tactic they're going to use. So next time, something heated might be starting, and the six guys who want to go in there might stop and think, wait a minute, I don't want to be the one guy that puts my team shorthanded. So that that's a tactic they use. I, I know some people aren't going to like it. Certainly that texture isn't going to like it. And in that situation, was that the slash I would have picked out of everything that was happening in that situation? <laughs> Probably not. But that's how they chose to call it last night. The Rangers have gone up one nothing on Ottawa. They're about halfway through the second period now. Ryan McDonough with his first of the playoffs that came on the power play. No goals to report between the Penguins and the Capitals after the first period. The shots only 6-4 in favor of the Capitals. The Raptors lead Milwaukee 51-38 in Game 6. Toronto's trying to close out that series. The Blue Jays already trailing the Cardinals 5-0. That game is in the top of the fourth. A little bit more from Todd McClellan in the next half hour of the show. We'll also bring in Gene Principe. Proud Edmontonian covers the Oilers for Sportsnet. He was at Oilers practice today. He'll give us the lowdown. Open line time remaining as well. 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. is your exclusive home for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Rangers up one nothing on Ottawa. Five and a half minutes left in the second period. Scoreless Penguins and Capitals. That is after one. Those are the two playoff games this evening. Oilers, Ducks tomorrow. Predators got a one nothing series lead on the Blues. Edmonton's Vern Fiddler with a game-winning goal late in the third period last night. Oilers and Ducks tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. 6 o'clock for the face-off show. The game will start at 8.30. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. That was your scoreboard for Crystal Glass, by the way. For all your glass needs, remember to check them out online at crystalglass.ca. You can text me at 6.30, 6.30. You can call 780-496-0063.
James texting in. He says, read in a media scrum, Todd McClellan said you can't win the Derby with a donkey. So does that mean the Ducks will lose the series because Kessler is a jackass? Oh, my. Wow. That's quite the chirp. That's quite the chirp, isn't it? That's a pretty good chirp, actually. Uh, Well... How do you follow that? I can't follow that. I'm just going to let it linger for a while. I'm just going to let it linger. <laughs> like it's just just, just going to let it just going to let it sink in for everybody. Here, let everybody have a laugh. Here, this is, this is this is how you follow it, Reed. Take that for data. <laughs> what is that? Did you just randomly? <laughs> well, you know how we're going to follow that. Chris from Phoenix is calling in. I'll let you get him set up there. <laughs> Uh, this texter says, uh, is Getzlaff untouchable like Crosby? How did he get away with a cross check and two slashes on McDavid in the first period? Like you said, keep it even for both teams. I have a feeling the, uh, the duration of this series will feature a lot of text to this program about officiating. And I'm fine with that. You can, you can vent old Wilkie. That's why I'm here. Chris from Phoenix on the line. Hello, Chris. What's happening? Just hosting we're, uh, the show. We're three games. We're three games away from uh, from proving my uh, my actual my prediction is a little bit will be a little bit off. But what was I'll, your prediction again? Of, I said five games, and I and I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to and I'll uh, I'll gladly put egg on my face if I'm wrong. But uh, I say the Oilers win tomorrow too. I think that uh, that there's a lot of these uh, these commentators and, and these so-called uh, experts that give Anaheim that make Anaheim seem like they're way too good. And I don't get why. I, I get that they have uh, they, they have a they have a solid defense, but I don't think it's that much better than than ours. W- with the exception of Hampus Lindholm, who who on that decor right now is is that much better than anybody that we have? We have we have yeah, but they're still and, they're still pretty good though. Like I, I agree, the oh, have, oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Theodore Theodore and uh, and Montour are good. Uh, BX I think is overrated. Well, um, he's on the Bauer is. Well, yeah, he's injured now too. And how so many Fowler, more years does he have left on his career? Exactly, Vatnin is is kind of you know so so. He, he he looks like he's going to be on the way out. Uh, Fowler, I've always liked Fowler. I've always wanted Fowler in an Oiler uniform. Uh, so, with the exception of of that, Hampus Lindholm is their best defenseman, and he would you know hands down be our best. But all the other guys are they that much better than say a Larson who is who is proving. Every night, every game that you know, I think we've got uh, we got we ripped off the Devils. To be honest, the way oh, he's you playing. had to say that, didn't you, Chris? You had to. Say I had that. to. I, I had to. And uh, Clefbaum, also, he's he's playing solid. Then you got Secker, who's 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 great. Who's not great, but he's solid. I enjoy watching uh, Nurse him. Nurse is turning exactly. So I don't. I, I I never understood why some of these guys and some of these so-called experts were on the Anaheim bandwagon. I think the way we've played, the way we've been playing, we're just as hot if uh, as they've been in the past what month, month and a half. They've except I think they've they've only lost like uh, one or two games or three games or whatnot. Um, but you look at top to bottom, we're pretty solid. You know we're 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 set. We're Shirelli uh, uh, turned this team into a, a, a team that can play against these uh, these California teams, and if we have to play physical, we'll play physical. The only thing. Um, that I'm not liking is 
is the way that uh, Kessler and uh, Getzloff are uh, are kind of taking liberties, and it's it's time for uh, Cassian and Luch to uh, you know kind of set the tempo here tomorrow. But well, Ka- tomorrow, I mean that, we're going to win that scrum at the end of the game. I mean Cassian pretty much started that, and don't forget that. I mean he he delivered a pretty healthy cross check there. I think it was on Getzlaff, and that kind of set that yep. whole thing off. You know, well, and I know that's I, part of yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No, I mean, I know everybody was mad at Getzlaff for grabbing Sekera, who's clearly not going to fight. That was kind of more humorous than anything. So I think that was Cassian trying to be a little bit cheeky there, too. But you're right about the defense. And, and look, I, if, if people want to underestimate the Oilers, I, I'm like, that's, that's fine. I mean, they didn't finish. And, and look, the Oilers completely have overachieved what I expected this year. Now, having said that, we gotta be we got to have the attitude of being greedy. If this is the year they can go do it, then, then go do it. But, yeah, they didn't finish eighth overall by accident. I mean, this wasn't, uh, you know, a bunch of guys who were just all of a sudden fluked out and got a great year. Uh, but, I mean, it's still, Chris, I think it's still pretty close with the Ducks, man. Like, it's, like last night's game tied with five minutes to go. I mean, it was tied virtually the entire game, right? I mean, I, I, they might be better than Anaheim. Maybe, I mean, I picked them to win the series, but I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. Oh, I'm not saying a cakewalk. I just think that the way that this this Oilers team is growing at every every game, it seems like a game by game basis. We're growing. We're not taking advantage. We're not wilting. We're not. A couple of years ago, we we lose seven nothing. We go on a five game losing oh, streak after done. that. Well, and that. They would last night's game. You blow if they would have any other team previous year, they would have blown a three one lead. They would have lost six three. You know, like they would have let let in five goals in ten minutes. Exactly, and uh, the only the only mistake I think uh, Shirelli's made uh, so far, um, other than minor ones here and there, is not uh, not signing uh, or extending uh, Drysital to a to a six year contract. Because every game this kid is just his his price point is just going up. But on on a la- last note, uh, every team needs uh, what are the two centers, two defensemen, and a goalie for uh, for the core. But we have that. We have Cleft Bob Larson. We have uh, go ahead. I didn't say anything. Oh yeah, so we have Clefbaum, Larson, um, Talbot, and we have uh, Dry Settlement David. So our core is set. That's all I have to say. And uh, other than we're going to win tomorrow, and hopefully win one of the two, or hopefully two with Edmonton. So that's all I got to say. Let's go, Oilers! Right on, Chris from Phoenix. Always good to hear from him. Six forty-one Inside Sports on Ched. Uh, Chris says, uh, hey, Reed, how about tough guy Getzlaff pushing Secker around at the end of the game? Milan Lucic needs to do something tomorrow. And I will bet my life gets left, gets it tomorrow. I can't wait. More than winning the game, a message needs to be sent. That's from Chris. The Big L says, Reed, Anaheim is wicked. There are no to the Broad Street bullies. The after whistle nonsense and the wax and those short arm cross checks, particularly on McDavid, are so close to being penalties. The Ducks are generally trying to get the Oilers off their game and at best trying to draw retaliation penalties. But speed kills and the Oilers can keep up the tempo. It, and if the Oilers can keep up the tempo, it's Anaheim that will be more frequently on the PK. That is a thought from the big L tonight. We also have Elvis, 780-496-0063. Hello, Elvis. How are you doing, my friend? Doing great. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, it's great, great to listen in. Uh, I've been listening for, for uh, quite a while during this playoff run. And, you know, I, I sometimes we got to take off those Oilers glasses and we got to sit there and we got to realize, like, I mean, people... It's playoff hockey, and people are playing chippy and dirty, 
And, I mean, Maroon could have been called when, uh, I forget who was cross-checking on the ice last night. Oh, there's a great picture of it, yeah, that's been online, too, yeah. So, don't tell me that couldn't have been a a major penalty or or cross-checking, like, three times or whatever. But they just, like, I think... I think that uh, McClellan and our friend Randy Carlisle, who's probably regretting talking about the face-offs, uh, is probably saying right now they can hardly wait to have their, their little time with the uh, officials like they get. I think I think they get it tomorrow or the day after, is it? The, where they get to spend time and they, uh, one-on-one with the officials. Yeah, I can't remember when that formally happens, but yeah, I mean they'll they try to deliver little little messages. Is it Elvis? I'm going to say something here, and I'm going to I'm going to come across as a little bit of a gossip. All right. Okay. When you hear Randy Carlyle talk, does he just come across as a bit of an unpleasant know-it-all? Absolutely. He 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 is <laughs> he is the guy that probably uh, nobody picked on the team. They probably got picked last. He's probably the guy that. Never got invited to any parties. Well, and, he was uh, a heck of a defenseman. Well, sure, but I'll, I'll bet you ask how many, ask how good of a teammate he was. I bet you a lot of people would <laughs> would uh, have some stuff to say about that. But finally, like I mean, here I am reading that all the Edmonton Oilers fans, listen up, man. We went from 29th spot. We're in the second round. We have a one game lead. We're 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 doing fantastic. Eleven years. I'm going to be sitting at the golf course having a soda watching the Oilers play. When has that happened? Elvis, good to hear from you, buddy. Take care, my friend. That's Elvis, 780-496-0063. Still one nothing. the Rangers leading Ottawa. The Sens are on a power play late in the second period. I'll let you know what's going on with Pittsburgh and Washington as well. And Gene Principe from Anaheim when we get back. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chat. So Sidney Crosby scores two goals to start the second period for the Penguins. One at 12 seconds, the other one at a minute four. Now about four and a half minutes into the second frame, Penguins two, Capitals nothing, game one of that series. Rangers and Senators now tied 1-1. Second period just ended. Zingle did score on that power play I was telling you about before he went to break. His first of the playoffs at 18-39. So Rangers and Senators 1-1. Blue Jays losing 6-1 to the Cardinals in the fifth. They lost the first half of the twin bill this afternoon, 8-4 in 11 innings. And the Raptors are cruising to what should be a series-clinching win, 72 72- 48, they're up on Milwaukee in Game 6. Raptors with a 3-2 series lead. Oilers in Anaheim. Gene Principe from Sportsnet covering the team. Gene, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Reed. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. It's great to have you on the show. I always love having you as a guest. And, and I saw you on Sportsnet yesterday in the afternoon with Tim and Sid. Sunglasses and shorts. And after I saw that, I thought to myself, Gene, radio only. So that's why I had to have you on tonight. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I do have a face for radio, and I think I got a le- I got legs for radio too. Uh, and uh, that was uh, that was well, my co-conspirator on that was Corey Blashill. We sort of worked together because Tim and Sid is the type of show that your uh, you know listeners, if they watch it, they know it's it's very relaxed. It's an entertainment-driven 
show, and it's not just about uh, Kessler on McDavid and power play versus PK. They, you know, they want to enjoy themselves a bit, so you, you play into that, and sometimes you play into it uh, a bit too much, and, and that was the case yesterday. There's no beach really sort of right beside us. It would be great to be at a beach, but uh, dealing with distance and traffic, uh, we took the second best choice, and that was an empty parking lot in front of Honda Center. No, I, I well, I appreciate that you always do something that stands out, and and you're always enthusiastic and have fun with it. And I, I was, I, I was sort of looking up and down while you're on. Did, did did a random person walk by you and tossle your hair, or what what happened there? Uh, that random person was Corey, the cameraman. Oh, it was. Yeah, okay. He came to sort of wipe my brow <laughs> sweat, yeah, because I was sweating tanning. Yeah, there's some some homeless guy walked by. Yeah. But it wasn't a homeless guy. It was Corey. Okay, I was wondering because I just I just sort of caught that uh, out of the corner of my eye because I think I, I got a phone call <laughs> near, near the end of that. Well, you did a great job sticking with it, and uh, yeah, what a start to the series so far. Tell tell me a little bit about the uh, the optional skate today because I know we're getting questions like, oh, what's is McDavid banged up? Does he need a break or whatever? But he was oh. out there though, right? He seems fine. Yeah, he, he he seems fine. I mean, I I, I think that uh, one of the well, we haven't had playoffs in a long time, so I think everyone's getting used to the playoff format of optional skates being more customary than full skates. Uh, you start getting full skates, you know, potentially when you have two days off between games, and uh, generally when you have a few days off between series. But otherwise, it's it's a lot of optional skates. I mean, <laughs> I think Connor McDavid played 20 minutes, but probably felt like about 90 last night with uh, Ryan Kessler uh, all over him. I think he actually shared a cab back to the hotel with Connor just to make sure uh, that he didn't get out of his sight. I mean, it's it's a tough 20 minutes for McDavid, uh, but he's out there, and I think it's just to kind of get the legs going, and likely that might mean that tomorrow morning uh, an optional skate becomes a very optional skate, and uh, a lot of players who just see limited ice time and those that aren't playing at all would be likely the ones that uh, that get on. Uh, you know, in Anaheim's case, a lot of the big players weren't on. No Kessler, no Getzlaff, no Perry, uh, to name three. So that, that's just the way it is this time of the season, and as I've often heard from players and sometimes coaches, there's nobody that's feeling 100 percent at this time of the year whether that means just a few percent off because they're tired or they're dealing with a nagging injury or you know a, a bruise or something along those lines so uh, i would not read too much into skates as we did i know uh you know when leon didn't skate for a few days in san jose that was legitimate everyone else was out there and he was not feeling well but he did cough today a bit not as much as lately but he did cough a little bit well, and he's had that cough usually after games. Oh. He gets a little bit of that cough. I think that's just a bit of a, a characteristic that he has. When you hear Leon coughing before the game, that's when you know something's up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think one of the things Leon does is a lot of players will kind of, and I guess maybe he can't do it, a lot of players will work their way through their answer and even cut it short and then clear their throat, do their coughing, and then continue on. The other thing is I've never seen him in an interview. This must be plus. We're dissecting his coughs during an interview. But um, he doesn't he doesn't like take a bottle of water, let's say. And I don't know if that might help him just, you know, kind of take a swig of water and clear his throat and then get back at it. But he, he's fine. Uh, he was a big story today. Uh, just because of his last night, his regular season. And, uh, you know, we can't always fully talk about Connor McDavid as a lead story. So Leon kind of uh, inching alongside Connor, who also talked about, you know, dealing with Kessler and how you can handle that. 
Gene Prince Bay from Sportsnet joining us. You know, Gene, I want to touch on uh, unlikely playoff heroes. I wrote a blog on 63Ched.com with some unlikely goal scorers, game-winning goal scorers in Oilers history, whether you want to go back to Kevin McClelland in the 84 Cup to final, Calgary. Randy Gregg and Lee yep. Fogelin had, had overtime goals uh, in their careers. I got Corey Cross coming up later on the show who had an unlikely overtime goal for Toronto uh, against Ottawa about 15, 16 years ago uh, in the playoffs. Is there an unlikely hero that stands out to you as a playoff memory? It can be an Oiler or it can be in the NHL. Or heck, it can be any level oh. you've ever. Well, you know what? That's a good question. I, I think, you know, like I know Kelly Butterger scored some overtime goals, and he's a guy that, you know, comes to mind. I, I think when you look back at his career, he would be considered more of a checker and obviously had a lot of fights in his career and a good stand-up guy for his team. But he scored some overtime winners, too, where you're just like, wow. Like that was, that was especially back kind of in the, you know, in the 90s and stuff. Um, so he would be a guy that would off the top of my head, stick out as a bit of an unlikely uh, overtime hero. I mean, they're all, what did, what did Todd say last night? If you run out of heroes, you basically run out of time and you're, you're done in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, Adam Larson was a, a late-game hero uh, last night. And, hey, can you believe it? The Taylor Hall trick came up today, too. Hard to believe, hey? Oh, geez, yeah. Imagine that. My goodness. <laughs> All right, Gene. Uh, I, oh, uh, yeah, I, we're not even going there, okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm putting the brakes on that one, much like I'm putting the brakes on uh, on the shorts you wore yesterday on television. All right, buddy? We're going to oh. deal. <laughs> Anytime. Gene Principe, check it in. Always great to have him on the show covering the Oilers in Anaheim for Sportsnet. So actually most of the, as you heard him say, most of the Oilers out there for the optional practice today, including Connor McDavid. Game Two Oilers and Ducks on Ched tomorrow. Another late start, 8.30 face-off. We're going to begin our coverage with the face-off show. That'll be at 6 o'clock. Rick and Leduc says, read the myopic focus on McDavid. McDavid, McDavid is helping the Oilers, and it's going to be interesting to see how or if the Ducks adjust their strategy, since if they let up on McDavid, they're highly likely to get burned. The team's speed and depth is serving them well, and if they can keep it up, the Ducks may well see their season end in five, if not four games. That is a confident Rick and Leduc texting in. Well, they went away from the Kessler matchup once the Oilers got the lead. They were able to uh, to even it up, but obviously Larson, Dreisaitl helping the Oilers pull it out last night. Latestu, another big part of that victory. Todd McClellan with some very interesting comments on why Latestu has been able to work so well on the power play, and really as an Oiler in general, he's become a pretty valuable member of the team. You can keep texting 630-630. Phone number 780-496-0063. Coming right back after the news. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.